they say you should respect your elders. But what if your elder is a gigantic shark? The oldest living vertebrate might just be cruising around the Arctic Ocean. Find out how old a fish can get in this episode of Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I am Carlos. And we're today going to talk about something that lives in the ocean. Ooh, there's a lot of things. There's so many things, but, but in particular... I'm being coy. I know what it is. You're being a coy. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't live in the ocean. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, we're talking about something that is very similar to a koi in that uh, it is a fish. <laughs> sure. And we haven't talked about a fish yet. I don't think so, no. Mm-mm. Um, so... Do you want to run down the the nomenclature? Take it away. Sweet. Okay. Well, first of all, okay. Wait, mm, what? I haven't decided if I like running down the nomenclature and then getting to the common name or starting with the common name. Let's go with the nomenclature. Okay. See if it uh, builds suspense. Okay. As people are like, Animalia, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom, Animalia, as that is a given. Um, phylum, chordata. Uh, class, chondrichthys. I think that's right. Uh, order, squaliforms. I like that word. Squaliforms. Yeah. Sounds like a storm. It does. Um, family, sonicidae. Sonicidae. Somnicidae. Somnicidae? Somnicidae, yeah. Yeah. Uh, genus, Somnissus. And then species, Microcephalus. So its binomial nomenclature is uh, Somnissus, Microcephalus. I don't know why I made myself say that word twice. <laughs> Somnissus, Microcephalus. That's the one. Um, Sleepy AK- tiny head. That's what that sounds like. Microcephalus... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Microcephal, yeah, microcephalus is a is a condition some a person can have. <laughs> yeah, means you have an abnormally small head. Huh. It's like a birth defect. Um. Anyway, this is the Greenland shark, aka the Gurry shark, aka the gray shark, aka Equalusak, which is a word in the Greenland language. Kalalisut. Wow, you've got a lot of hard things to say in this I'm one. done now. <laughs> Kalalisut? Yeah. What was the name of the shark? Equalisak? Equalisak. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if Q's work the same in this language as... We'll assume. There's no U's, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so, this is the Greenland shark. It is one of the biggest sharks in the in its family. So Isn't it one of the biggest sharks in the world? Yeah, it's among the biggest sharks there is. Um, but it's the biggest, if not the second biggest. There's one that's very similar in size. Okay. Um, I think it's the biggest in weight, for sure, um, in its family. Um, so, the, the it's... 21 feet 
on average, 21 feet, it can be up to like that is 20, so big. 24-ish or 24, 26 feet. Uh, so 2,200 pounds. At 2,200 pounds, that's heavy. That's a ton and 200 change. How long is a is a bus? I wonder. It's about that. About the size of a bus. Yeah. Um, so that's 6.4 meters, 1,000 kilograms um, for for you uh, non-imperialists. <laughs> um, so this... <laughs> the rest of the world. This boy is hashtag thick. <laughs> um, he is one of the like thickest sharks around. Um, and it really looks like squatty. So... It's got a short snout, short face. Hence the microcephala. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm the, I didn't. I didn't get one hundred percent confirmation on that, but I put two on top of two, and that seems right. Then you would get one, because two divided by two is one. Well, Sorry, I got I one answer. I just and did it a was, bunch of math. but that is right. <laughs> um, so it's got a short snout and also a short dorsal fin. Um, so it's a squatty boy. It looks like a submarine, an old submarine. It really does. It's that's what the shape is, um, and it ranges from grayish to black brownish um, in color. So it's called the Greenland shark because it lives up there in the north, uh, in the northern Atlantic and Arctic Sea, Arctic Ocean, um, uh, where it gets pretty cold. Up in those waters. Yeah, I've, it's the only ocean I haven't been to. So it pretty much lives in um, just above freezing temperatures. So like two degrees Celsius. Okay. Um, and that's where it spends the most of its time. That seems balmy for Greenland waters. I that's what I read, and they live in like Arctic waters. Yeah, I feel like it would be below freezing only kept from being frozen because it's constantly moving salt water. I think that's why it's that warm. Currents and whatnot. Well, ocean water's always moving. Right. That's why the Greenland shark can just kind of glide around. I mean, the Arctic is known for its frozen oceans. Yeah. Well, well, not frozen oceans, but it's like the surface. Yeah. Um... I just feel, I I think that two degrees above freezing sounds, I mean, like a nice, like nice compared nice to in the, pool. <laughs> the rest of the Arctic Ocean. Well, that's <laughs> what, that's where their deal is. And um, so they have pretty unique jaws for sharks. Um, their top jaws are like these pointy, thin, like needles almost. Um, okay. And their jaw, when opened, is pretty circular you've seen like a uh like the jaw of a shark before right, yeah it's generally pretty circular these are specifically very okay. circular um so the top teeth are like these needles and the bottom jaw are typical shark serrated teeth with like the multiple layers and yeah levels i mean there's them. multiple layers in both both jaws okay but specifically the bottom ones have these serrated typical shark teeth um so when they bite something especially something large um they will hook onto it with their top teeth and and their bottom teeth and use the bottom teeth to like twist and kind of 
tear things off. And they'll, like, it's a circular motion. Okay. So it just tears a chunk right out of whatever it's eating. Jeez. So that's helpful if you find, like, a large carcass that you can't um, just swallow whole if you're a shark. Um, so a it's huge shark. it's helpful to not have serrated top teeth? Yeah, I guess. Because, the, I don't know, because then you would just shred something instead like, of... It's like sticking on... Basically, it's like sticking a fork into a piece of steak and then cutting it. Yeah. So you've got an anchor and you've got a cutting instrument. Then all of the sharks just have two knives. And they're like, I don't know what to do with this. I can't pick anything up. I can just cut things. Yeah, well... (laughs) Well, here's here's the thing. These guys, they live in the, you know, cold oceans. They are the apex predators of, you know, their food chain. So there's nothing that's eating them. Um... They eat mostly fish, um, but no one has ever seen them hunt. So we don't know how they hunt, which is interesting because um, really? they are, have also what they've never. No one's ever seen one kill something. No, I mean they're they're really underobserved. This isn't like a tiger where we've seen them do everything. Like when was the last time you saw a video of a Greenland shark? Never. I didn't even look at a video. To <laughs> I figured I would just see a shark swimming around. <laughs> it wouldn't be super interesting. Well, you know what you wouldn't see? You wouldn't see it hunting. <laughs> um, because they've also been found with polar bears, seals, mice. And by that, I mean moose. Moose, reindeer, <laughs> and horses in their stomachs. So huh. pretty huge land animals. How the heck did they get those? Is it like... A scavenger, just like yeah. the polar bear dies and sinks to the bottom of the ocean. They think that it might be a scavenger, mostly. And here's why. It's cruising altitude, and by cruising altitude, I don't mean cruising speed, is about 0. 0.76 miles per hour. That's a, that's a sleepy shark. Yeah, or 1.22 kilometers per hour. Um so it swims really slowly to conserve heat. Um, its tail movements and like whatnot are very subtle. Um, so it goes pretty dang slowly. And it can top off at like 1.7 miles per hour. That's the fastest That's it can go? That's its sprint. Oh, man. Um, so everyone, everyone is like, how do they catch anything? Um, and there's two theories, and they might be a little bit of both. One is that they're mostly scavengers. So a whale carcass, they'll just rip chunks off of that. Mm-hmm. Or um, like a dead thing just falls in the water and he eats it. Um, but the other thing is they eat seals a lot and they think that that might be an ambush technique. So they'll... Yeah, because seals are fast. Right. Way too fast for something that slow to catch. Right. Um, so they think that when the seals are sleeping, they'll ambush them. That's crazy that something that big is that slow. You'd think that just one push of its tail would make it go faster than one mile an hour. Well, it something that big takes a lot to push it that far. Push it, you know, f- fast. So you would spend a lot of energy. And if you spend energy... You lose heat. But if you're spending the energy to go get some more energy, i.e. your food, 
don't know. And plus, they're an ectothermic animal living in the Arctic Ocean, which means, yeah. you know, they are not warm-blooded. They don't regulate their own body temperature. Their body temperature is regulated by um, the environment. And you would think, like, there's no way it could live up there, but it has techniques to conserve heat. And Great white sharks often hunt in the Arctic Ocean. Mm-hmm. The they're waters. They're which, free agents. Yeah, they go wherever they want to go. Right. Um, including Amity Island. <laughs> um, anything else about the shark? Um, the that's shark? pretty much what I've got. I have that it's, um, besides it's uh, the thing that makes it super interesting, is that its meat it's, is toxic. Has really? A, it has a toxin called trimethylamine oxide, or nitro, nitrous oxide, um, and it's you can't eat it. But it is eaten. But what Icelanders do is they, they there's a special way of treating the meat so that you lower the toxin levels. Huh. And it's eaten as like a delicacy, kind of like pufferfish. So, so it's like... This is really tasty if you're willing to risk it. I, I bet you it's not tasty. I bet you it's yeah. just like, this is dangerous, so we're the like elite class is going to make it seem tasty. <laughs> this is dangerous and expensive, so it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Take that 1%. <laughs> or not. Yeah. Of Iceland. <laughs> yeah. 1% of Iceland is like 1,000 people. Greenland? No, Iceland. It's oh. Icelanders. There aren't okay. a lot of people in Greenland. Yeah, no. Even more people in Iceland. I think there's like 500,000 people in Iceland. It's a very small place. Hmm. Um, do, do you want to get to the the creme de la creme? Let's do it. The crew de gras? Yes. <laughs> um, so, our friend... Uh, Curry shark? Somniasis, somniasis microcephalus is one of the very few... Multicentarian uh, vertebrates. Mul- one of the very few multicentarian animals. Um, and multicentarian means living for more than 200 years. Oh my. So, I mean, trees live for a long time. Fungi can live for a long time. Uh, coral and all that stuff. But Taurus? Actually, no. I don't think they can live that I long. I think they live like they're centarian. They're, they live for 100 years. There's a clam um, called like. Mika or something that um, lived for a really long time, but that's a clam. Here we have a a shark, a vertebrate, like this moving, active animal can live for more than two hundred years, and um, the actual lifespan. They've been doing a lot of recent research on this, and it's been over the twentieth century that they've had to measure this, and it's still not a hundred percent. But the oldest one that they've tested was 392 years old. Um, and they estimate that the oldest one that could be out there is 512 years old. Yeah, I saw their eight, their estimated lifespan is like 320, give or take 120 years. It's 392, give or take, uh, plus or minus 120 oh, okay. years. So between 272 years and 512. Um which is, they don't even reach sexual maturity until they're 150. Jeez. That's like every Greenland shark just becomes that old. It's not like, oh, these are outliers. This is how old, this is how long that the shark lives. 
And so, like, 512. That's how much, That's how old they think one like some out there are. That's that means it was born in 1506. That means it was born when during Leonardo da Vinci's Renaissance. Like he was painting and sculpting things, and the shark was born, <laughs> and it's still alive. <laughs> it's crazy. The re- Italian Renaissance, Jamestown, Revolutionary War, Civil War, all the way up to right now, it's been through everything and hasn't noticed a thing because it's been at the bottom of the green <laughs> ocean. <laughs> but like. It's crazy. And the way that they have been, um, scientists have been doing this, um, usually when they want to see how old an animal is, is they count the rings in its teeth or its vertebra. Because each year, another layer of cells are, uh, like, ossified around the the bone and cartilage. Um, well, actually, more bone, not car- cartilage. Uh, so that you can count the rings and find out how old something is. But that's that's just not the case for the Greenland shark. They don't develop rings. Um, so they started looking at their eyeballs, the lens uh, over their eyes and measuring the amount of carbon 14 that had been infused into its eye. So it was using radiocarbon dating. Um, and there, but still it's not super accurate just because there's a mix of all these different kinds of carbon in a living thing's eye, um, or a recently deceased thing's eye. So what they did was they, they tried to find a marker and back in the 50s, mid-50s, um, the U.S. and the USSR were blowing things up all the time. They were going to, like, atolls in the middle of nowhere and just setting off nuclear bombs mm-hmm. um, to test them. And so these sharks would absorb some of the carbon-14 that was a radioactive result of these nuclear bombs. So when you look at a shark's eyeball and you... Um, you see like a abnormal amount of carbon 14 you know that it was alive during that time that's their i guess assumption but a strong assumption that like this thing has a lot of carbon 14 which doesn't really occur um it, it occurs naturally because of like cosmic radiation but not the not in that abundance mm-hmm. so that must have been artificially given to the shark so we We'll, attrib- we'll say that it was alive during the... 1940s. Um, the 50s. Oh, ni- 1950s. <clears throat> so, so, would it have to be near that atoll? Or would the currents just take the... I think it's like the that general hemisphere of the ocean or something. But isn't that the Pacific? No, it's the Atlantic. I didn't know that they blew stuff up in the Atlantic. I guess they did. Hmm. Uh, I didn't. I didn't look up exactly. Oh, where they, they did were do. Stuff they up. did have stuff in in Falun, Greenland. So oh. never mind. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not an expert on their the nuclear testing sites um, of the mid century, but um, so that that's their best marker. They call it a bomb pulse, which is super cool. <laughs> if a, if a shark has a bomb pulse, that means it's older than what you'd have to be sixty three. I think a 63-year-old shark now would have a bomb. Well, if a if a shark had a bomb pulse, that means it's at least 63 years old. So they use that to measure how much it grows per year, assuming that it has a standard rate of growth. Uh, it's like a python that just keeps growing until it's dead. Right. 
um, they found out that it grows about one centimeter per year, uh, just about. Um, so you and yeah, so you can pretty much f- determine how old the shark is based on how big it is. So a twenty-four foot shark, which is like five, I think, what is that? Five, six meters. Am I doing this wrong? Where do they start? No, though? that's like seven. Oh, they start at 42, 42 centimeters. That's how they're born. Okay. So if you have like a six meter shark, which is 600 centimeters minus 42 from its being born, it's 556, 558 years old. Hmm. <laughs> that's ridiculous. So have you looked into like, how they live that long? So they have some theories, um, but they have no idea, really. It's like shots in the dark. Some geneticists believe that it's kind of a combination of things. One being that it's cold. Cold preserves things. That's the <laughs> that's the uh, the basic thing. Um, but that also leads to them having a really slow metabolic rate. Right which things that live longer usually have slow metabolic rates. They don't, like, it takes them a long time to turn food into energy. Um, So they use less energy, and that all contributes to, um, to, like, senescence. Yeah. Which means getting older, aging. So there's two basic principles that age a person. One of them is metabolizing things, Mm -hmm. um, digestion. Um, the other is moving. Oh, so the if you want to live forever, like slow down your metabolism and stop moving. Because the things that live the longest don't move a lot. Which right, is tardigrades, tortoises, clams, and the Greenland shark. <laughs> <laughs> tardigrades move pretty uh, a decent amount, but they're also tiny. Yeah, they don't expend a lot of energy. Um, so they think that because of the fact that it has a really slow metabolism. A, and B, the fact that it moves so slowly and so, like, um, subtly that those two things contribute to its longer lifespan. And then there's one more thing, is that this seemed like junk science if I had ever seen it because it wasn't explained at all. Because the word anti-aging genes sounds like something from a science fiction film <laughs> that was just written off as uh, as jargon. But no. Apparently there are anti-aging genes. Um, so that's that's like a pair of genes that makes your butt look really good, <laughs> even when you're a old. Pair of, of like just good Levi's. <laughs> These are my anti-aging genes. <laughs> um, they lift. Well, there are there are caps on the end of your chrom- chromosomes called uh, telomeres, and each time your cells divide, those telomeres become smaller or shorter. And the shorter your telomeres are, the more aging symptoms you're going to uh, exhibit. So maybe this is something that preserves the telomeres. Maybe this is something that continually regenerates them or something. But it's apparently activated by cold. Hmm. These anti-aging genes activated by cold. This is sounding ridiculous to me, but apparently this is what they're thinking. Um, It helps them fold proteins. It helps them um, fight it's like it works as an antioxidant, so it fights those um, yeah, that's mo- another thing. molecules that attack cells. And oxygen is bad for you. 
Apparently, yeah. And it, it doesn't do a whole lot of that. Although the cold waters are rich in oxygen, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They are rich in oxygen, rich in nutrients. Cold Which is good are. for, you know, Krill. breathing. <laughs> but, it's, for, but it's bad if you... But, I mean, you would think that the Greenland shark gets more oxygen than, say, like a tropical fish. Right. But if it has things to counteract that, then that's good. Right. Um, so you don't have to be, like, you know, your breathing isn't labored, but in their case, not breathing. Ooh, that's an... Ooh... The wheels are turning. So they move really slowly, and sharks br- breathe, quote-unquote, by moving through the water and having the water pass over them. And go th- filter through their membranes gills. that can that take oxygen out. Right. So fish can, like, you know, move their gills so that it, you know, forces water over it. Right. But sharks don't have that. They have to keep going. Right. That's why sharks can't stop. Right. But these guys move so slowly. So it's a good thing that they live in oxygen-rich water. Because if they didn't, they would suffocate. Right. Because they don't move fast enough to move enough water through their gills. But don't take my word for it. (laughs) (laughs) That's my theory. All right, LeVar Burton. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, apparently these anti-aging genes also stave off disease. So they, they preserve cells... They fold proteins, whatever that means, and they stave off disease. All of these things combining with the fact that it's cold preserving and also the low metabolic rate makes it so that these sharks can live through the ages. That's got to be so boring. <laughs> I mean, I guess it'd be more boring to be like a clam, but they don't have like a central nervous system or a, br- a brain or anything like that. But sharks do. They like. They have a. They have um, a reward center. Sure. Which is probably activated when they eat. (laughs) I I can't see what else would reward a shark more than eating something. Pats and scritches. (laughs) (laughs) Just flip that shark upside down and scratch it on. And then it passes out because that's what happens to sharks. You flip upside down. And you're also stopping them, so that means they're suffocating. (laughs) Unless you're like... Fanning water over them. <laughs> but this is so... I th- This is remarkable. So there are some critics to this that don't think that these numbers are accurate. Obviously, that's understandable because of the dating methods that they have. It's like, well, we think that this shark was... Like, because based on this random spike in carbon-14 was alive when it, a nuclear bomb was detonated near it. Um, and then kind of measuring its growth from then until now, and then assuming that it has a like a static rate of growth over its lifespan. Right. There's a lot of assumptions there. But I think it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, what they need to do is just find a young one and put a stopwatch on it. Well, they did tag one in 1936 and then pick it back up in 1950. 52 and then was it still living they, yeah it was only 20 years well i mean i mean that we confirm that it's at least 20 years old yeah that's at least its lifespan yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean they 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 do reach sexual maturity at 150 that's apparently gospel truth okay which is that i mean that 
the fact that it reach reach it either reaches sexual maturity like really late in life or that's its midpoint. Right. Which that that doesn't even seem like its midpoint. That's like I'm not an adolescent anymore. It can't even that's have That's its bar mitzvah. It can't, <laughs> or bat mitzvah. Right. Depending if they're, they're female sharks. Sure, of course they are. <laughs> That's the only way this is going to work. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, apparently female Greenland sharks can't have offspring until they turn 150 years old. Wow. So Like a regular Sarah. What? Sarah. You know, like Sarah and Abraham. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you had said Sarai, I would have known oh, what sorry. you were talking about. The oh, Sarah. Real. <laughs> Sarai about that. <laughs> So, do you have anything else? That's pretty much about it. The Greenland shark, about some somniasis microcephalus. Uh, nope. Well, if you want to download all of our episodes, you can go into iTunes and just type in "life, death, and taxonomy," and you can download all of our episodes for free. Take them on the go. It's the best way to listen to them. And also, while you're there, please leave us a shining review. Uh huh. Um, I don't want any of these matte finished reviews. No. I want it needs to be gloss enamel. Semi gloss at the least. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I guess for the Greenland shark, I can't even say death, can I? It's just mm-hmm. life, blank, forever life, <laughs> life, death, and taxonomy. Uh-huh. I'm sure they can starve. Sure. <laughs> they don't die, they're immortal. <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome to the end of season one of Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, tune next week as we hit season two up. Uh, for now, we want to give a special thank you to some people who have helped make this possible. Uh, Megan and RJ from Oh No Lit Class, some of our personal podcast friends have uh, given us a shout out and been in, uh, a real great help on this podcasting adventure. Um, Mackin from the Species Podcast. Uh, If you want to hear more about the Greenland shark, in fact, you can listen to his Greenland shark episode. Um, It's very interesting. You can't stop talking about that animal. It's just (laughs) the coolest. I also want to shout out Paul and Donna uh, and their Varmints uh, podcast, another podcast about animals, uh, and just being engaging on uh, Twitter and giving us advice uh, and being great friends. And lastly... But not leastly, we want to uh, give a big thank you to Brian, uh, our artist, who's been coming up with the bestiary uh, and all of the cool drawings that he's come up from that. Absolutely. Also, uh, we have a few people to thank for giving us ratings and reviews. That is tremendously helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, getting us uh, the more the more we get, the more likely we are to you know get up there in the iTunes charts. It's a, it's a far cry, but, you know, it's a hope. It's a dream. But here are some of the people to thank. C. Childs, 4102. The Brown One's Mommy. I wonder who that could be. <laughs> Lord Brosiden. Jesse Rasp. I wonder who that could be. Uh, a series of numbers, who I think is Andrew, uh, our friend. Taylor D.L., I think is how you pronounce him, uh, his name. Um, and he's been really active on um, Twitter as well, so thank you for that. And then uh, E Rive twenty two. I wonder who that could be. Uh, Old school ninja, which is Mackin. 
Um, musical Buccaneer. I wonder who that could be. It's Megan. <laughs> <laughs> and Ems Rivera. I wonder who that could be. Um, <laughs> All of our reviews are unsolicited. <laughs> they are indeed. Uh, five stars. But if you want to get our podcast on the go and leave a review, the best way to do that is to subscribe on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Over, Overcast, Stitcher, Podbean, all of them are great apps for this. Um, all of our episodes are there. You can download them and listen to them outside of Wi-Fi. That's correct. Also, uh, if you have episode ideas or animals that you think have these amazing abilities that you would like to hear us cover, uh, just hit us up. For season two, we are LD Taxonomy everywhere, including Gmail, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's a wrap. Stay tuned for season two coming up next week. That's right.